four, three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome back to Buckle Up. Buckle Up, baby. Episode six. 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 So far, the hardest one. You really mean that every time, Michael, or it's shtick at this point? I think it's mostly shtick, but uh, we ran into some hiccups, hiccups this time. We're in a new place, a mm-hmm. new spot. Let's just double check your audio here, because we're amateurs. And right hello. into the mic, say hello. Hello. Say hello to the folks. Hello, everybody. Very good. And now the logo, which we are loving on here on Buckle Up. Two, Two. dick-shaped microphones yep. and our little sack and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, doesn't, doesn't quite connect. Yeah, we uh, we've been getting a lot of likes on the reel, so we invested in a studio. Yeah, put a, a, <laughs> a fair amount of money down. Yeah, we're in um, trouble. Yeah, this if this doesn't work. Oh, that's right. We have to if acknowledge it doesn't work. We have to acknowledge the new space. We are in our studio B, or maybe this can be studio A. I love it. We're in Michael's home setup over Ooh. here, and I like it. It's yeah, a, it's it's a little echoey in this room, so we got to get some rugs and couches and yeah. stuff. Paint, gotta paint feel, it. Um, it feels good. I like being out yeah. of my zone for a little bit. I needed this, so it was, it was my idea. Okay, on the on the home front, everything's fine. Everything is <laughs> totally fine. Um, but anyway, lots to discuss because we weren't here last week. Right. We, we did a bonus episode because I was traveling in Los Angeles, and it was awesome. Let's talk about LA yeah. for a second. Tell me about LA. Okay. How was it? LA. So I. Lived in L.A. for the last 10 years and have just moved back to Jersey, where Michael and I were able to reconnect and start the Buckle Up podcast. So that's working out. But it's been a, it's been a difficult thing to, you know, leave L.A. after 10 years, because if I think about it, like I'm 35, and I moved to Englewood as a kid, like that's where I grew up, right? But I only mm-hmm. lived there. So here's a crazy data point. Did I tell you this yet? I moved to Englewood when I was 10. From Fort, Fort Lee. Lee. Right. Yeah, that's the OG. If that's the right way to use that phrase. I never really know. But I moved to Anglewood when I was 10. <laughs> where you grew up. <laughs> I moved to Anglewood when I was 10, right? I lived there till I was 18. <coughs> it's eight years. Mm. Went to Israel for the year. Mm. Then college for four years in Boston. Mm. I think I know where you're going with this. Right? And then Riverdale for two years when mm. we got married. Then LA for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So technically... I lived in L.A. longer than I've ever lived in Englewood. That's cool. When did you realize that? That's pretty crazy. Now, look, it's like I lived in Jersey my whole formative life and childhood, and that's a cra- 10 to 18 is a huge time. It's a whole day. You know, you're a different person when you come out. But, like, in terms of time spent of my life, L.A. is more home to me than anything else in terms of length. Yeah. When I figured that out, I think I was just walking through Englewood, and I thought about it, and I'm like, have I ever lived anywhere for 10 years straight? Almost 10 years straight? And no. Yeah. Just L.A. So, and it was a formative time. Had all the kids there and all that stuff. So, like, it's just, you know, while I, like, look at to Englewood as, oh, this is where I grew up. This is home, home, home. But yeah. and if you think about it. They say with New York, once you're there for 10 years, you're a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. So you, I uh, guess you're a, what, Los An Ange- Gon. L.A. Gone. An Angelino. Angelino. An Angelino. Yeah, but so it's, so I'm really fond of L.A. and I'll always love L.A. forever. But at the same time, going back sometimes after you make a move, when you like go back, you assess how you feel. Mm-hmm. So there was a, certainly an aspect of it that was, inc- that was you know, uh, reinforcing and felt good about the fact that I did move. That you it made was the like, right decision. Okay, I, I moved, but it definitely felt like I no longer live there. 
mm-hmm. which was weird. I felt almost disoriented when I got there, like I was visiting. And you start noticing all the differences from where you currently live, mm-hmm. like living the suburban life here and stuff, and you go to L.A., and it's just... There's a sad state of affairs about L.A. that there's this complacency with the way everything is kind of decrepit and run down and all of those things. that Those stood out to me when I lived there, but all the more so the ride back from LAX to where I was staying in mm-hmm. L.A. You just notice so much just unnecessary decrepitness. I mean, it's nice weather all year round. Everyone talks about that, the weather, the weather, but it doesn't look like Florida. It doesn't look like Miami. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's like gates that are just sort of like half collapsed and just mm-hmm. dirt and like... Uh, cracked sidewalks and random buildings, uh, a car wash and then a gas station and then a restaurant and then a apartment building. It's always been like that, right? It's always been like that, but like it, I, I think it's gotten even more beat up over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And then as I spent more time there throughout the week, it was just serious suffering of... LA as a city seems to have PTSD from COVID mm-hmm. where... Obviously, we're not out of the woods yet from COVID fully, but as close as we're going to get before we completely forget about it, right? But in LA, it's still like this. Restaurants are still kind of shut down. They're still just doing takeout. Like, if you look into a restaurant that's open, for the Mm -hmm. ones that are open, there's a lot of them that are just stocked up with boxes and the tables are like this and they're just serving. And I'm like, there's no bounce back that I was feeling. And, I, and granted, we played a show in front of people and all of that, but people are still asking, like, uh, what, what, what's it going to be like? I don't know if we should... Go. There's this hesitancy, there's this mm-hmm. concern, and I just don't know how grounded that is in the current state of where COVID is at, mm-hmm. where it seems like all of those, you know, hyper-precautions people, people took have become habitual, right. where everyone's like, well, you know, it's a big crowd, so I don't know. And I'm like, so you don't know what? Like, when did, you, when did we ever say, historically, a big crowd is of concern? There's been germs since time immemorial, and now in the modern era, we're not like a germophobic society, even right. though we're trying to fight COVID. It's like we've made a lot of strides. Vaccines are effective. A lot of people are getting vaccinated. Right. And now it, it's like, well, you're waiting until every last kid is vaccinated now that that's approved. <coughs> and that's going to be a struggle for a lot of people because there's going to be a lot of hesitancy around kids. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a long ways away. But it just seems like LA has now just succumbed to this new normal of, oh, I'll just have to see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Concerned, like not going indoors. I'm like, when this first came out, when COVID first came out, and this will be the end of my rant, when it first came out, we were all worried about it, and the, and nobody had any information about it, so there was a fog of war, but we knew it was super dangerous for older people, and as you work your way down, it's slightly less, but even the mortality rates for the, for, you know, 40, 30 under crowd was what, point, was 1%, it was, it was a relatively small number, mm-hmm. not something to be marginal or disregarded, but at this point, you mean to tell me we're not at the level of just like one of those things that's out there that we can resume life in yeah. some, with some normalcy? And there, it just is still this knee-jerk, you know, culture of COVID that's taken over. Do you think it's a manifestation of people just not wanting to be around other people? Like just wanting to be alone and on their own and not going out? And this is just sort of a way to manifest that? Because I don't, I don't, I also don't see exactly well, what it has to do with. I don't feel the it spread. in because I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see it grounded in like scientific concern mm-hmm. as much as that. But it, I wonder how much of it is just the exaggeration of the culture of LA that's already there. Right. Like a culture of sort of complacency and right. not 
pushing back. Like when I came to New York last year in February, mm. every restaurant had oh. a hut outside and they were serving and working and doing what yeah, they had to amazing. do. And it was the middle of winter. And if you went to LA where you could potentially have a restaurant yeah. everywhere outdoors, it's not an issue. Most places are just like, oh, we'll see. We'll wait till they make the, the, the new set of standards and we'll see what we can. Was yeah. that or was it that they didn't allow them to make? Like in New York, they sort of like, they changed the rules. So they said you can now take up part of the street. I'm, right. I'm not exactly sure if it's yeah. a policy thing that they were just yeah. abiding by, but there's also just the a attitude. culture. There's a less, it could be that the policy reflects people's, people just kind of bending yeah. over and saying, okay, right. whatever, we'll wait. All right. <laughs> I guess there's not this now. No work no today. This. And, you know, I don't want to like say I moved from LA now I can just like crap on it. Yeah. I don't want to do that. But I'm just being my honest impressions of it was just like, it's so dead here and mm. so unnecessarily dead. And now there's this issue of people who don't want to go back to work. So I think a lot of the restaurant issues mm -hmm. is less COVID concerns and actual labor concerns, mm -hmm. which is, which got me thinking of another thing, Please. which was, this is going to be a solo cast this episode. Okay. Michael's going to be listening. Um, <laughs> no, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. Because remember how in COVID, it was, uh, it was the first time where in the first world we were forced to face like systems failing Mm -hmm. like well, you and me were other people. In the, I said in the first world. Well, um, in, there were other people in the first world whose systems had failed. Before Not this. getting toilet paper. There's always been toilet paper available right. everywhere. Well, okay, well, I, I hear what you're, I, I mean, I, the, you're I mean the, the basic things. Systems, I mean like, I mean like the first time essential we goods. We experienced that Everyone ourselves. in the first world. I think everybody. You, you couldn't go to what your average shop right and, or pharmacy okay. and get toilet paper. I don't think toilet paper was ever an issue right. before okay. this, or just essential basic goods, cheap goods, all of a sudden just weren't there. In other words, things just stopped working the way they're just supposed to or expected to, that auto thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I look around and I'm like, waiting for my flight to get to LA, it was a three hour delay at the gate. Three hours were just like there, no announcements, Nobody saying anything. That was this, this trip. This trip. Yeah. I'm get, I get to Newark Airport and I'm waiting for this uh, flight and it's just, one hour, two hours. And then I'm like, at what point? We take for granted that it's just not supposed to be like that. But I'm not doing anything that demands it. It just always is like the airline, you know, wants to keep its customers happy. And therefore, things just kind of work naturally in yeah. that market of competitive industries. But with flying, especially now, everything is worse. And like, things with ports and shipping and all these different things like you can't get things mm -hmm. that a couple of years ago you used to be able to get and it's not because of the pandemic but it is so in the pandemic like Supply heat chain. of it in the heat of it you were like okay there's this pandemic it's going on it's disrupting everything and now it just seems like what's happening things are not resuscitated and i'm taking for granted but we all just sat there and took it like three yeah, hours yeah, went by yeah. i'm like right it could just be like this <laughs> right right yeah, I think I think specifically it has to do with supply chain and logistics. Yeah, uh, consequences of the pandemic. But mm -hmm. I I totally were saying where, even if that wasn't the case, and if one day that's not the case, things just are shittier than they used to be. Mm -hmm. Well, it's be like, all right, well that's what it's like now. Okay, <laughs> like you, you got to give yourself three hours to get to the airport, and you don't expect to be home right when you land, because it's gonna take some time. <laughs> At what point does that threshold break? You know, yeah. like, I don't know what's kept things so good and in line. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking from coming from yeah. like everything well, kind of always working. You know, what we need we need a president who's gonna <laughs> make things like they used to be. 
Let's go, Brandon. What's the phrase? Do you know the phrase? Let's, let's go, go, Brandon. Let's yeah, go, yeah, Brandon. Yeah. It's yeah. all over Twitter. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Which is a meme, kind of a, I don't know, enough about it, but you know how it happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it again? Yeah, I think... Um, there was a cheer. Remember what happened? At a hockey game, there was a cheer... Fuck you, Biden. And the newscaster was like, I think they're, I think they're saying, uh, let's go, Brandon. Um, so now it's kind of like a it's the new MAGA surreptitious hat. way to say it. It's the new MAGA oh, is, hat. It, is it really that? Is no, no, it, no, no. It no. on that much? Figuratively speaking, it, yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's the new MAGA hat. When you, when you see a picture of someone wearing yeah. a MAGA hat, they're like, this is where I'm at. And someone who writes in a T-shirt, let's go, Brandon, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. I'm waiting for 2024 yeah. or like, I, that's yeah. where I stand. I like, though, I think the attitude of <laughs> fuck Biden more than I love Trump is healthier. Why? I like that. Cause, cause, well, because saying we're accepted, the guy, the guy is in power and I'm not happy with how he's doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I, I want to go back one. <laughs> Let's go back one to, to, to the guy before. Oh, you're like, like it's you, like accepting oh. the way things are and I'm, and I'm unhappy. So you're saying there's, there's like pro- living in a, in a different reality. You're right. So you're saying at least saying fuck you Biden is acknowledging Biden. Right. He's the guy <laughs> who we have to hate now. Right. And, yeah. and, and here are my reasons for hating. That's very gracious of you <laughs> to the January 6th storm capital people. It's like, no, we're not like Trump 2020 anymore. We're right. just saying, fuck you, Biden. I accept you. Yeah. We hate you. Yeah. Let's go, Brandon. Let's find someone else if, if, that's, if that's what you want to do. Not to get too political unless you want to, but yeah. I mean, I, I brought it up to a friend who, who said to me, you know what? You know what? We don't all have to talk about the president all the time anymore. Okay? I don't like the guy either. All right? Like, we know this. We knew this going in. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's, you don't have to, one doesn't have to pretend anymore whether, you know, no matter how much you hated Trump, that Biden is right i i I think that's good progress like at least we can talk about that now yeah you're right you can all because you couldn't talk about safe distance there's a safe distance away from trump that we can all say okay biden's a schluffy grandpa (laughs) and he's going to these things and he's even like uh what's it michael rapaport you know michael rapaport who like hated trump Trump, you don't fuck fuck." (laughs) he posted a video of uh (laughs) i I did a video of his and he shared it too good thank you for michael rapaport for that even though he's like thanks mike Mike and Mike. He's, he used to post Mike's like, Mike. yeah, you always little fuck. Yeah, your father didn't like you, you little fuck. Yeah. And then he posted a video of Biden. He's like, Biden, oh, sleepy Joe. Don't fall asleep, you piece of shit. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're counting on you. It's like at the G4 summit. Yeah. Biden's like. Hey, he fell asleep, right? I heard about that. Yeah, he dozed off. Yeah. Which so I, I totally he's so get. so tired. Yeah. Yeah. Sleepy Joe is a great nickname. <laughs> and that was I Trump. Heard it the other sleepy day. Sleepy Joe. It's very funny. Sleepy, sleepy <laughs> Joe. He's great. I mean, Trump, was, a, Trump was the best nicknamer yeah. in the history of, he came up with everything. Still is. I mean, even the people who hated Trump, remember the Make America Great Again? Everyone said, Make America Sane Again, Make America This. Every time they did something to try to combat Trump using his own yeah. slogan, you're kind of, it's kind of a win. You're, yeah. give, you're giving one over. He's very good at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Very good at what he does. Did you see what's the new uh, social media platform? He's Truth. It's called Truth. I think so. I heard a cool yeah. Crystal and Cigar were saying um, that his team was basically like, "We can't run again in 2024 if we can't get on Facebook. That's that's like that is how we won, and we can't do it again." Mm-hmm. Um, and so they mm-hmm. is it recording. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, uh, well, they were saying if him starting this new platform. And staying off Facebook and Twitter might be a sign he's not going to run again. Because if he's accepting he's not going to be on Facebook and going to be exclusively on his own platform, mm-hmm. it may be because 
He's like, we can't run again. Let's just do it. Let's just make money where we can. I would think it's the exact opposite. It's like, I'm, they're not going to let me back on these platforms, but I need my voice heard for 2024. But, but so then I'm he's, gonna... he's only talking to people already voting for him. Maybe that's enough, but he's not going to get... You don't think his thing is going to get coverage once it right. starts? It's not quite the same, though, as having Facebook algorithmically serving ads to, to people. I hear that. But one way to consolidate all of Trump's support under one roof is by kicking him off all the other platforms and putting it into truth, creating right. oh, this yeah, massive awful. swell. Apparently, yeah. I don't know the details of the finances, mm -hmm. but the SPAC that raised the money for yeah. it, like you're going to send everybody to one place. And now it's like you've basically galvanized all the troops. Yeah. I wonder how different it is than someone's experience on Facebook can be that siloed, can be that. Mm -hmm. uh, echo chamber where it's they're meta. only it, getting it's meta now right <laughs> we could talk about that too did you see the ad for meta i didn't um oh no i saw i saw articles about it i didn't watch it, the thing. it looks like the beginning of a dystopian movie yeah, he scares me he's yeah it's like i saw this you, you can't have a guy who's on this, this is you can't have a guy who has no social skills designing yeah. social media yeah and he's like on the spectrum. Something's, you know, he's like when he talks, very robotic. And it's, uh, it's just this ironic thing. He must, like, it seems like he has this disdain for humanity. Like real humanity, like this. Yeah. You know, so he creates a virtual world in which we can all connect together. 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 <laughs> together. It's, There's something so obviously, yeah. like, Sinister, and you can't say that. I'm not describing. It's more that it's like you can't write this stuff. Yeah, I, I <laughs> this guy who's like they picked on me in high school. <laughs> they picked on me in college. I will put them into the metaverse, <laughs> and they will be shut down. I'm sorry, you've been terminated. If he's a robot that is actually going to kill us all, it's you. We yeah. all saw it coming. Yeah, I saw this meme where it was just. Um, the top of his head and his hairline. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I fucking hate that I know who this is <laughs> just from this. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. So um, now it's meta. Meta scary. I, I heard a cool, um, a cool take on it by this um, Fred Wilson has a blog. He's a VC in New York mm -hmm. and he pointed to this Twitter thread. It was, it was a cool explanation of meta. Like the way... Zuckerberg explains it sounds insane and scary and post-apocalyptic. This guy was explaining that... Pause. The way Zuckerberg explained it. He could have said all the right things with a normal human affect, and yeah. we would have been like, nice. <laughs> right. But it's the way. Yeah. It's so rehearsed. And it's, it's so not... You know, it's yeah. like that. that's what's so... If, if he got up there and was like, so we're going to all be able to connect, and it's going to be so... We, we, he, if he packaged everything he said <laughs> with a tone of yeah. a human being... We'd all be right. like, okay. If Elon Musk did it, he should have just gotten Elon, Elon Musk. Elon Musk also it. was a bit odd. He's, like, he's yeah, odd, but yeah. he's not quite as, uh, not as disconcerting. <laughs> you know, and then when he like had his wife patch in, he's like, so are you going to meet me later for drinks? Sure. Should we bring the dog? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? I got to watch This guy, it. the VC. Well, he was explaining that what the metaverse is, is where we cross a certain threshold of how much, how important our digital lives are to us. So mm -hmm. start off at 0%. And then well, let's say when TV, this is what he said, when TV came around, it was like 50%. You spend like 50% of your time in sort of this like digital world. Right. And then when mobile came out and the internet came out, it kind of jumped to like 
maybe 80%, where like you're spending 80% of your time in this digital world. And like what happens to you there is extremely important to your identity, your brand, the interactions you have. And there's gonna come a t- there's gonna come a time where we're actually at like 95% of our world and what's important Immersion. to us and where we spend our time is maybe it's not looking at a screen, maybe it's now it's like in our glasses or literally in our whatever it is, 95% of what's important to you is in the digital world. And when that happens, that's called the metaverse and there's gonna be an economy there and you're gonna be able to buy things there and the, the things you wear there are gonna matter and like the way you, you know, however it works with, and you're paying for things with cryptocurrency and you're not, you know, you're not dressing yourself in clothes, but your skin is gonna be like these NFTs, you know, not skin, but you're like avatar or whatever it is. Um, I thought that was a cool way to explain it. And, and he just may be, you know, 10, 15 years ahead of the curve there, mm-hmm. but it's not hard to imagine in 10, 15 years thinking about 95% of my attention being in the digital space. Can you say that all one more time? Because I was, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I, I find sense? it interesting. Totally. What he's really just talking about is there isn't this new thing called the metaverse. No. It's just the evolution of a exactly. gradual immersion with technology. Exactly. Like we used to frequent the theater once in a while and we check out a piece of media, a piece right. of film, and that was a nice yeah. time. And then we come back after an hour and right. we get back to life here. Yeah. And then the TV brought us closer. Right. And the phone brought us closer. And mm-hmm. now it's swallowing us whole. <laughs> it's but, a natural evolution. But you know what's funny? That. Like, I tend to be optimistic like him about it. Or he's just being neutral as an analysis, it sounds. Yeah. No, he, he used the same word. It's, 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 it's not something that someone's going to make. It's going to be a natural occurrence. Now, and then we'll find ourselves in something called the metaverse. Everyone likes to focus on all the negative parts of technology mm-hmm. and the fear-mongering about it. Oh, my God, look what it's doing. But it is sort of a natural evolution. You can't fight it. So the question is how to make the most um, make the most positive experience out of it as opposed to resisting it. Because right. people, if you resist it, that's a losing battle. Right. It's just a part of, it's right. like resisting the weather. Right, and what, what Facebook or what Zuckerberg wants is to be the platform mm-hmm. on which it all happens. Right, now, the digital climate around us just happens. And right, whether right. you're... You try to withdraw from it or not. It's not like you have to participate, but right, to say right. I'm uh, to try to fight it right. is a huge mistake. I do think it's one thing I thought about when I saw Zuckerberg's little presentation. He put out this ad in which he showed this like beta tested version of what it's like, and it's kind of bizarre. But then I thought about it for a second, and I said, "What if there was a way, you know? Because part of it is being away from LA and missing my my friends there and crew and life there. Like, what if there's a way to wire in and strap on the." Uh, uh, goggles, goggles yeah. right? The VR, and sit with a bunch of people. The avatars kind of weird me out. What if it was? What if you could just like make digital representations that looked fairly close yeah. to you, and you could sit and have an experience right. with friends? <laughs> what? And then there's there's the everyone else is normal. There's the one guy who's like, yeah, that'll be like a thing too. Be like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was like you know, oh, Sal showed up wearing, yes. wearing his wearing his wings. <laughs> what Sal. If, what if there was a way to sit with a bunch of people? And feel like you got to have quality time with them in a way you never physically could before. And I thought to myself, I've been doing Zoom since I came back here with the band. We've been gone fully remote. We have one of us in Nashville, one of us in LA, and one of us here. And one of the things I noticed most in the age where Zoom is not just a, uh, you know, the next best thing to real life, like, you know, making the most of it so we Zoom, but an actual necessary component of living remotely, which just didn't exist before. We saw each other again in LA and it was great, but we also didn't feel like we didn't see each other. Mm. Like it wasn't like we bumped into them and we were like, how's it going? Right. We had been Zooming twice a week, three times a week up until that point. Right. And what Zoom created was a rapport and a connectivity that 
just didn't exist living far away beforehand. It changed the nature of long-distance relationships, mm -hmm. business, artistic, creative, in a way that I thought was really palpable and in a similar way to what email did for staying in contact. Before there was, was email at the same time as cell phones or later even? It was probably later. Email's real, email's from the 70s, I think. Is I mean, it? Yeah, I'm reading a Interesting. Well, when it, I'm saying when it was commercialized and popularized. Right, we weren't yeah. emailing, I don't think, in the 90s. Very, I think. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, there were. There were Let's emails. just say all around that time. But sure. when it was just a cell phone, we had to make a, <laughs> you had to make a call to somebody to stay in touch, which yeah. is a proactive thing. But email sort of makes it so that it's just no big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we you know, to, to do certain things and connect and stay in touch in certain ways. And Zoom is doing that in a much more personal way. You're seeing somebody and you're like seeing how they are, how they're dressed, what it's like, their environment in these little micro ways. And I just thought the metaverse, whatever that will turn into, could be just a really positive, not fully, it'll have a downside yeah. too, but there could be a real positive aspect right. of it where, hey, I can't come, I'm gonna just log into the show. So there's a section of the concert that's all digital right. avatars right. that show up and watch. And it's like not too different immersively from a right. real life experience. Well, what Facebook is investing in is, is you know, that like Zoom burnout after 45 minutes, you're like, get yeah. me off this thing. Yeah. What they're investing in is how can it, what does it feel like to sit with someone in a room? How do you quantify mm -hmm. that? And then how do you like fabricate that in the digital space? Like there's all these tiny, like infinitesimally small little interactions when you look at Gestures. someone's eyes. Yeah. What what is that? What is how does that make you feel? And like and how do you replicate that in the digital world? And it's gonna be this other evolutionary step towards like not realistic not, not cleavage. Only do, realistic cleavage. Sure. Not only do, not only do we feel like we're talking, <laughs> but I literally felt like I was with Dove yeah. and Dovid in the room. Right. And it's gonna be like, whoa. That's like, that's yeah, why. exactly. And I noticed one of the things that's strange is the dizziness, like orientation. How do you feel oriented in a digital space? Yeah. I put on Oculus once and it was like nauseating. Yeah, so, so that, <laughs> I mean, they're spending billions of dollars and getting the smartest people in the world to figure out how do we, how do, we do this? Yeah, and it's just like, what Sad if where you lived bit. and who you hung out with wasn't restricted by geography? That's a, such a cool proposition in yeah. some way. Yeah, I mean, already it's. I mean, already you know we have a friend in Israel, and I, I mean, anytime. I mean, not with the borders closing and everything, but mm. like, I mean, already you're not too restricted. You can get on a plane and see a friend. Remember when someone used want. to when someone used to move away like ten, fifty, whatever in the two thousands. Gone. They were like gone until until a different stage of life when you bumped into them. Yeah. Oh yeah, you moved. And like you'd see them right, visit right, and right. they were older. Yeah, like there's the <laughs> different hair, different outfit, different style. You know, and you'd be like, "Man, so how was that?" Or someone even goes away for the summer and you're like, "Wow, you look different after right. that." That doesn't exist anymore. Right. Everyone is so on like everyone is keeping tabs. It's yeah. so easy to do that yeah. if you want. It's cool when you think about that that yeah. the world sort of has flattened in that way yeah. where um you just kind of your only limitation is how you feel about where you are, less so um, yeah. being limited you know, from being in touch with people. I was very, overall, like I had my fears about having coming east and being yeah. this, but then I was like in LA this past week and I'm playing a show, we did a show, we had a lot of work composing-wise to do, but I'm like, okay, so it's not like it's out of my life, like this part of my life, it's right. just a part of it. And yeah. it's connected through Zoom when I'm not there, I'm going back next month, so yeah. all right. I was like, it was that part of it was a good solidifying week for me yeah. to be like, okay, my new routine includes LA. It's not LA of mm, past. Right. Um, it's not exactly the right. same, but with the adaptations, there's benefits of being here and with family and everything like that. Right. So 
that was a really healthy part of the trip. And seeing LA in absolute disarray also was like, wow, it makes me sad because I got a lot of love for it, but I'm just, and also just like, you know, the way everything is organized there and housing and things like that. It's, it's just like, man, I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know why people put up with it in mm-hmm. some way because it's like people pay a premium to live in LA. It's very expensive to live there. Right. And I'm like, it is, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense of like crack side streets and sidewalks and streets. And I don't know. And there's yeah. a lot of homelessness still. And I'm like, I don't understand how that goes on. Like at what point does that shift? Yeah. I, I am curious about that. Generally, mm-hmm. like you're saying, even it's the same thing with the airports. Like, yeah. When do people just say it's enough? And it's like a pendulum, I guess. At some point, things are so bad that if enough... Like, JetBlue came in when everyone was hating on the other airlines. Right? Right? right. They're like, I hate these big airlines. And, I'm like, and then JetBlue comes in and is like, who's JetBlue? What is this? Yeah. And then I guess it does happen. Well, but the, the, the scary part about that is... Maybe we're going to hear... Did again, you hear about I'm, Uber plane? Have you heard about... Have you taken an Uber <laughs> plane yet? It's incredible. Although, here's another one. Uber. It's gone. I mean, it's there. Maybe it's gone. I, when I was in LA, if you didn't have a car, it just wasn't that big a deal. Three dollar Uber to there, seven dollar Uber to there. And how has Uber changed? You try I to get try I don't to get Ubers anymore. I don't know. You try to get an Uber in LA. Uh, it, it, you know, looking for your vehicle, twenty five minutes away. When you're standing on the side on the side of a street, vehicle will arrive in twenty five minutes, and it costs insane amounts. Really? Of money. It's like triple. Why, the when price. did that happen? It's just the way it is now. Wow. Uber and Lyft, everyone's like, yeah. When you talk to people, they're like, yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been shitty lately. Yeah, last time when I was in LA, I, it was like, um, Uber was amazing. You I don't need to, a, it's like not worth yeah. having a car. Now, and like, huh. we took that for granted. And now, I'm not sure if it's COVID. Right. And like it says, you must swear you're wearing a mask before you get in and all this stuff. And I'm not sure if it, it like decimated Uber because yeah. people were just staying home too much. And it, like that economy functioned on active users. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it hasn't bounced back. Right, and well, you try- part of the labor short is probably too. Like my first like, two days I? there, I was hopping on these bird scooters to get around. Really? Yeah. I went, took a few of those. It's fine. I was local enough, but like even finding <laughs> those were hard. Like the things that were just like magical. Yeah. Hey, there's, I, I, I pull up my phone, click Uber. Yeah. It just arrives. So cool. And I guess we just take that for granted. Yeah. But... <laughs> but now it wasn't working. Yeah. Things weren't working. And a lot of it was labor shortages. A lot of it. Like, yeah. things are not working. And you need people. Yeah. Oh, what's with the plane? Uh, you know, it's, uh, they, 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 they have to clean it. But there's, like, one person doing it uh, or something. There's a lot of those yeah, problems. We the plane's landed, here, but they have to. We went to Vegas and landed. And it took, it, we were waiting literally for an hour and a half on the tarmac just to get to the, the terminal thing to get off the plane. Um, and he kept saying, like, they're, they're short-staffed and, like, they just don't have enough people to move the plane together. It was crazy. Yeah. Before we move on, I just want to say the other thing. The thing that's scary about what you said is with JetBlue is the market allows for a company to come and disrupt. And if people want to give them their money, they'll give them money and they'll grow. Politically, the scary part, I think, with what a lot of people feel is even if a politician came and said, we're going to change, you know, we're going to change things like homelessness and access and roads and things like that, the system that they're working within doesn't really allow for change. Yeah, political. So even if they wanted to, how, even if people want change, how are things going to change politically? Sure, sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, politics has always been like that. Things don't change because the political incentives are very different. Well, than like, I, 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 again, I'm an idiot, but I think in like the, the 40s and 50s and 60s, it felt like things could change more than recently. Mm, 
I'm not sure if it was just that the government wasn't as deep seated in things. Well, yeah, sure. Well, either, either way, either way. What I mean is, talking about I, deep state now. Yeah, no, no, no. I meant like regulations of things. Yeah. Like part of the issues that arise in a lot of these scenarios is like badly mismanaged government. You know, municipalities yeah. in LA, and I every any politician, the incentives to make people feel good with good speeches and promises can perpetuate a politician's career over and over again through various election cycles. But if JetBlue stops delivering and has too many late flights, right. it goes under and disappears. Right. And all these powerful businesses disappear with bad service as they rest on their laurels. Right. But politicians don't disappear. They stay there forever right, because all it takes is a new generation of numbnuts who believe what they say. Yeah. I saw a AOC's ideas are very, very old. And very, right. very wrong. I just mean they're very, <laughs> but they're very old. They've been said every generation is like lured by some of these crazy ideas. And all it takes is the persuasive ability yeah. and rhetoric to get people to elect you. And, it, and you make all these mistakes and there's disastrous consequences. You're sort of distant from those. You can always say, oh, we didn't do enough. We mm. could have done more. Obviously, we could have managed it better. But that's why we need to do better. That's why you need to elect me again. That's why Gavin Newsom won or mm. survived a recall. Couldn't get worse than it is getting right now, and he still survives because political allegiances because. and and you know uh, yeah. impulses, whatever whatever they may be, sensibilities. People feel like no, I still won't vote Republican or I still won't do this. It's not about people don't think rationally, fully about yeah. these things. They think about what's the good and what's the bad. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? There was a great onion. Gavin Newsom is the good guy. <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. I don't know what he looks or sounds wait, like. Listen, 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 Michael. I haven't really done it so much, but. He's always pointing like this because that's how politicians point. No human beings point like this. They point like this. But it's been poll tested. It's very non-threatening. It's been poll tested that pointing like this is very condescending. It yeah. doesn't poll well. But if you point like this. It's the Bill Clinton thing, right? It's this and this and this. <laughs> it's this. <laughs> Buckle, up. Buckle up. Yeah, they point like this. Notice no human, regular human being ever does that. Yeah. I'm having trouble with this mic stand. Ready? There was a great Onion headline <laughs> yeah. that said... Uh, like Andrew Yang starts fourth party, fourth new party after third party fails to gain traction. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, he was, his popularity was kind of interesting. Can't figure that out. You don't know? I, I mean, I, 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 I can, like I can, but he's just like kind of the friend zoned politician. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know? he's not, he's, um, he's in the political friend zone. Everyone likes him. <laughs> it's like great ideas. Right. Well, I'm he going to go hook up with Gavin. As disruptive as he is, he's like very non-threatening. Yeah. 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 You think uh, that's like a... Asian thing? Yeah, like a, what's up, prejudice? Asian persuasion? Yeah. I'll be saying that's people's um, prejudice. I don't think it's the Asian-ness. It's a vibe with him. Mm -hmm. If he was a white guy, but also was like... Mm. <laughs> he's kind of like hokey, like wonky... He sort of just has a vibe. I don't, I, I don't know. He's very could, techie where like he thinks his ideas are going to get... Get him everywhere he needs to go, but the he reminds me like he's like a very he reminds me of like someone's friend's dad who's so competent. I'd ask him for any questions I might have, mm -hmm. but sex appeal he no, lacks no political sex, sex appeal, appeal. Yeah. um and like not chill, not chill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Andrew Yang was like this. I think I think it's almost like. His appeal is so how unappealing and like like look I at this think, guy. It's like a spectacle. I think it's I think it's a little, a little bit of an Asian thing. I wonder I wonder if he was just a, a good looking white dude. Well, if good we, looking if is also a thing, thing too. Or same amount of look of look uh, same amount of looks. What is he? Uh, 
<laughs> what is he, a five? What, what do you think he is, a six, a seven, an eight? Uh, Andrew Yang is a six. I, I think he's say. a ten in my book. I don't know. I don't know. He, it's more that how he carries himself, just like... Well, that's part of it. Part of being Asian? No, no, part of, part of the number. This is getting with. dangerous, Michael. <laughs> we can't get canceled on number six. Well, you, you can't say how good looking you think Andrew Yang is? Um, you can say that, I guess. I think you could say that. You could say that, but you're saying I think it's an Asian thing. I know. I, I think a lot of our attitudes towards him are, are probably things we're not aware of. That that if he weren't Asian, we would think of him differently. I do. Right. I do. You mean like well, what lot, are the stereotypes the that people describe to Asian? A lot of things we're saying. He's non-threatening. He's mm. not chill. He's uh, um, not fun. Whatever it is. Right. I don't know if that's. I I I, I just have a feeling that that's where it comes from. Yeah, but you know, if like the star of that movie, the Chen, the rings, the Ten Rings, uh, Chen Ji. Yeah, what, what's his name in your life? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, if he ran for office, you might not say that. <sighs> Just think about that. Yeah, maybe. But I hear what you're saying. You're maybe. saying that like what people are finding in fault with him is like this. They are the painting him with those stereotypical things that we find faults. Yeah, right. Faults, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Throw those quotes up bigger quick. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? What were we getting into before that? Um, we were about to go Vegas. I went to but, Vegas. Uh, it's the same thing like the Bernie appeal. Bernie is just this kind of schlubby Jew who quetches. Well, the same <laughs> thing. Everyone's like, he's, uh, he has integrity and he's smart and he, and knows he likes what to do with the economy. <laughs> yeah, and he wants to fix the world. Like, where does that come from? Well, he was surging in popularity, though. He made it almost to the end. So. I know, but I, I bet a lot of people are prejudiced, uh, maybe in ways that are helpful for him. Mm-hmm. Oh, with, with, the, with the Jewish thing, yeah. Meaning it works against Andrew Yang, it works for Bernie Sanders, but it comes from the same place. Uh-huh. Interesting. I wonder. We need to get some diverse guests on this and discuss <laughs> these things. I would be interested to hear those experiences from people because we have such a narrow little corner yeah, of do. our world, which is valid. It is. But <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. There's just not a lot of ethnic... Di- well, in the modern Orthodox Jewish community, it's a funny thing, yeah. right? Like... I'm not I'm saying it's inherently a problem. <coughs> this may be a little off topic, but it's funny how... What's funny about J- Jewish people in general, right, <laughs> is that it's a very, like, ethnically diverse population overall, and a lot of people don't realize that. Like, right, there's black right, Jews, right. Asian Jews, it, like, all over the map. Like, you know, that's, like, a nice, fun talking point. You know, actually, it's a multiracial community. But in our little community, no. it's not. No, not at all. No. Racially, it's it's one dimensional, and mm-hmm. you just don't grow up because they're just in every sense it's one dimensional. Yes, yes. For I mean, I, part, I don't mean yeah. to the exclusion of other yeah, things, but but, I'm, yeah. I'm, but it's by no, it's not by sort of intention. It just defaulted to that way. The, the European Ashkenazi Jewish community of of the tri-state area. Um, I mean, you can count Sephardic Jews as sort of non-white Jews in that sense, but African American, Asian, outside of that. Yeah. Outside of the like sort of Caucasian Jewish purview, it's it's very limited. You don't get exposure to. But then again, if if you did have diversity, it would still all be Jewish. So you wouldn't get like. Where am I going with I'm this, not Michael? Sure. I was saying that. Yang twenty twenty four. There you go. <laughs> That's it. I was <laughs> saying that it'd be nice to have with. guests from different experiences on this podcast right. to widen our field of right. vision. Because realistically, while we. We didn't start meeting people outside of our community till college. Right. Could, could we find a third host from our background who is not a white dude? Yeah, not it'd that be, I... It'd be yeah, tough. I, it'd yeah, be tough. it would be. And, I, and that, yeah, it's, it's not that... Right. It'd be tough. 
Yeah, I'd just be interested to hear as we talk about these other issues, like you're talking about the stereotypes of Andrew Yang, like yeah. what somebody could speak to on that. That right. we're just speculating. Right. Well, maybe someone that's will reach saying. out to us to leave I a comment. I think commentary. that's what I'm saying because our world is like this Caucasian Jewish right. world. Right, right. We only can speculate onto the experience of these other people and these stereotypes. Well, isn't that an Asian stereotype? But we right. don't really know. So maybe reach out. Someone, someone reach out, leave a comment, let we us know. We need uh, some yeah, diversity well, training uh, and buckle up. You can send a uh, voice note for next episode. Hello. Yeah. Um, Anyway, speaking Vegas. of Vegas. I went to Vegas, yes, yeah, so I'm a little congested. Yeah, why? Um, I went Tell to Vegas with Sarah. Um, first time leaving our daughter mm. with someone, my parents, and, uh, and we went away for the first time together. We, we knew we had like a day and a half, two days. The tops. dry spell is over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you gone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm sorry, Michael. Go no, on. no, I don't know. I, know about, I, don't, I don't know about the fist bump. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where uh, where I'm at with that. I'll think about that one. Maybe we could do it at the end. A little fingy. Oh, we could do a little fingy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Vegas. We went, where was I? Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything specific, but you went to Vegas with your we wife for Vegas. the first we, time yeah. away from the kid. It's a big deal. Exactly. Exactly. And. Um, and uh, Vegas, have you, when was the last time you went to Vegas? I went have you, a bunch of years ago, a bunch of years ago. What'd you go for? I was invited by a mutual friend of ours, who will remain nameless, <laughs> to the Encore. It was great. Is that, that's a casino? Yeah. yeah. Encore Hotel, and it was kick-ass. It's an adult amusement park. invited by a friend? <laughs> for just you and him? For a... No, Yoni G. Oh. We'll have what do you mean he invited you? He was like, come, I'm coming day? for work. Come to Vegas. Wanted to go to day parties and oh, see David like Getter. For a we met or up. Something? We met up. Uh, oh, that's nice. We met up, uh, and it was quite an experience. But we got to stay at the Encore, which was like the newer Vegas. It's yeah. not new anymore, but the Wynn Encore, like that's the newest hotels, at least at the yeah. time. And it was like, you know, when you go to, I've been to some nice hotels, and then you go to Vegas, you're like, this is on steroids. It's incredible. So like, I had the opposite experience. Go on. I have, we, we stayed at, we went to go see Fish, and Fish played at the MGM. Grand. MGM. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh. <laughs> so you book it, and they, they make it feel like it's this, like, luxurious, you know, like, uh, elite, like, top, top experience you can have. And is then it you, tacky and as And you get there. It's like the whole... All of Vegas is, feels like a cafeteria. It's all public space. Mm -hmm. Anyone can be anywhere at any time. No one... They can't ask you to leave. You can smoke cigarettes inside. It's just like you're paying a lot of money and like they make you feel like this thing and it's like a factory. Is this your first time in Vegas? I haven't been. Mm. No, I went with, I went a few years ago, but we stayed like off the strip. Right. Um, and then I was, when I was a kid, I actually went to the MGM and I thought it was incredible as a kid. Yeah. It was like the most fun I'd ever had. That's where I went as a kid. Um, but this was like, I don't know, I guess the encore and the wind might be different. Um, but this was, this was, it was pretty gross. You know, there's this tacky sort of Vegasy kind of hotels of of the classic old school. What is it? The Cosmopolitan is a little bit newer, the Tropicana. but yeah. But there's like like the that Golden Nugget. What's the one? It's like the what's the classic hotels? Mar-a-Lago? No, not Bellagio. Bellagio, right? All those like classic on the strip. Yeah, yeah. Hotels, the, the Caesar's Palace. Yeah, like that stuff of old Vegas, and you're yeah. like, okay, there's something. It's like cheesy. Yeah. In, and Venice, yeah. where has what has the Ven Venetian? Is the it the Venetian? Venetian? That sounds the like Venetian, something. right? And it's just like 
a spectacle. Yeah. Um, and then there's the win in the encore, a little further down, mm-hmm. I think. And it's like more modern Vegas. I, I'm saying that as if yeah. I'm authority, but it, when I went a few years ago, those hotels weren't there when like, and it, was a it felt kid. nice. I mean, it's not classy because it's Vegas. It's over the top, you know. So yeah. it's but it's like modern over the top, and you're just like, yeah. It's the kind when you watch The Hangover. They go to the yeah. encore and they got it, and they ball out. That's what I was looking for, and that is not. And what the windows it felt are like. full ceiling to this floor, yeah. and you're just like, damn. Yeah, and I did. I like. I like spent on this trip because I was like, this. This is like. You did middle class Vegas though. I guess we, that's no, what no, MJAM no. stands for. Sarah and I really we. <laughs> Middle glass Vegas. <laughs> we uh, we went. We found downtown Vegas where it, like it used to be. Yeah. With like those old like bulby lights. We went to the Golden Nugget, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. It was so much fun. That that was like really. But then also you're looking around. And you're like there are people who like aren't there. Ironically, sort of. Mm-hmm. They're just like that's where they stay. And right. you're also like, huh. If you go to the Win and the Encore, they have like clubs with the hottest DJs. Like where Diplo goes. Right. There's a club called Excess in the Win. Mm-hmm. And like Diplo does a set there, and Aoki, Steve Aoki, like right. these are where the residencies yeah. are. They're the hottest ones. Right. It's like that's so that's what right. I mean. It's newer. The MGM has like nine weird '90s jam bands. It has like Celine Dion out of the MGM Grand. It's legacy stuff. Got it. Um, I think that's what it is. But they also have shows at the, all the hotels. Um, but yeah, as you like, as the hotels get newer, that's that's what I think. I mean, that's my experience with Vegas. I don't know it that well, but. From what I when, from what my recollection, that was where like David Guetta performed mm-hmm. at the Wynn outside by the pool, and Yoni's just having the time of his life. Oh yeah, <laughs> David Guetta gets like two hundred and fifty k for a single pool wow. party set. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so so we went. So we went. Um, went right after after yeah. Shabbat. We we're like, um, and we get there, and I'm like. To Sarah, let, let's go straight to the to the gate because we have just our carry-ons, and she's like, "This isn't a carry-on." Like our bags, we have the same bag. We have like the same bag. And colors. you were treating yours as a carry-on, and and, and she was like, she was like, "These aren't carry-ons," and I'm I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I go, I like travel like a fair amount, like, mm. and I've never ever checked this, but like whatever, maybe she's right. I, I, who cares if she's right? Well, whatever, let's check them. So we pay like thirty dollars a bag. Mm. We so you're already getting bugged, and, and we're already late for our flight, but it's like we have to do this. So I, I'm already getting kind of bugged. We print the things out. We she 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 folds it on her like this like sticker that prints mm-hmm. out perfectly. I completely mess mine up and like the barcode is like is like yeah. stuck together. But I'm like whatever. I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the only idiot who can't figure this out. We bring it to the bag to the counter. We don't to like to check it out. We're waiting a line. Or like we're already kind of late for the flight. And the lady at the counter's like, oh, you don't have to check these. These are carry ons. And so and so immediately I'm like. Did you gloat or did you just... No, 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 no. I was like, so my intuition was great. Let's take them with us. Whatever. We lost, we paid for them, but whatever, at least they won't get lost. But Sarah's like, why let's, why are you going to walk around with them? Let's, we can check them and they'll take them. We don't have to carry them around. So I'm like, again, I'm like, okay, fine. So we checked them. Uh, Flight was great. Um, We land, we're waiting at the carousel. Her bag comes out. My bag doesn't. And we're only there for a day. <laughs> we're only there. This is Saturday night. We're only you there. checked bags for a day. For a Sunday. Um, and so <laughs> and so Sarah feels awful. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't really care that much. A little. But but you know but you know that you know that when you're in a relationship that like you know it's it's like it's almost like currency. You're like she she feels awful. 
I'm, I'm, well, I'm not going to be mean about it. The ladies can it. let you so have it, but you have to really be careful with what you do next. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So, and, I, and I, I, the truth is, I don't really care so much either. But you I'll, think it's currency, like, it's but totally you know what? Fine. It gets inflated and devalued. You, you have maybe <laughs> you have maybe five minutes to spend it, and then it's forgotten. <laughs> right. Whereas her issues, you got to make up for it the whole trip. If something, if she got screwed. Now it's on you to please her the whole time. Well, well, but if you well, got screwed, you have five minutes to get upset and like be comforted, and that's yeah. it. Well, well, this is why I was happy it happened because <laughs> she, I didn't have my bag now for the one day we're there, but um, my job was to get tickets to the concert we were going to, and I had not yet gotten tickets. So we flew to Vegas, stayed in this nice room, um, all for the show Sunday night. And I had not yet gotten the tickets. You just dropped the ball. To the show. I didn't drop the ball, and she, and she doesn't quite know this yet. So I assured her we'd be fine because the tickets on StubHub, they were expensive, but whatever. Worst comes to worst. You're there, and you're adults like $300 now. $300 for a ticket. It's awful, but like we're there. We're going to do At least those That's are That's one of those, ah, yeah. click. Ah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I was like, worst comes to ah. worst. Those aren't going anywhere, right. but we'll probably get lucky and just find someone with extra tickets. Mm. And then we're um, as we're in the car back from the... From the airport to the hotel, I'm checking StubHub, and all those tickets are gone. And the cheapest ticket now is like $800. So you're like this. She's like looking out the window, and you're like... <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying anything, but I'm like... Oh gosh, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of happy. Like, this bag is a good trade-off, because I'm going to have to How many times did you look at the same tickets. unavailable ticket, just to like look at it? On oh, out for, by the, I, I had a... Um, uh, an alert set on um, this like uh, face value ticket thing called Cash or Trade for yeah. months. Literally, like every ten minutes for the last two months, I've been off. checking for tickets and then checking StubHub and the, the whole thing. I'm st- I'm still checking StubHub. I'll tell you why. So th- so then I can't sleep that night because I'm like I'm like I, I'm like I really you mean the night you get up. in. The night we get in, you flew there. You get there on a Sunday flew, morning. No, we flew there Saturday night, and and with the time change, we get there at like eleven p.m. So the, the the show from the previous night is just ending, and mm. we're staying in the same hotel as a concert. So it's really fun. We're talking to people. We're hanging out. People are out of the show. We're really excited for the next night show. It's Halloween night. We're really excited, mm. um, and we don't have tickets yet. Mm-hmm. And then that and then that night, I'm starting to get more and more nervous because I see these the, even even the eight hundred dollar tickets now, are, 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 and now the cheapest one's like a thousand. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll, well, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm like gonna get up right when the concierge opens, go there, and they'll help us out because we're guests at the hotel. They'll help us out. She couldn't have been less, less friendly and less concerned, which is also like <laughs> this cafeteria feeling, like, you know, like I'm, it's 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 so it's just so like. Um, Massive. They can't possibly care about it. And you can't else. summon the ire to get people to do things for you because I can't either. Oh no, it's just no, not my no, thing. No. You know, some people can get people to do things for them. Yeah, like, ex- like, excuse me. I need you. Right. I can't do it. I, I can, don't even take myself seriously when I, I do that. I can hardly even do the sympathy thing. I could hardly even be like, oh, somebody flew here from New York. Can, no, can you please help us out? I'm always like, no. Oh, all right. Uh, no. Yeah. Like, nothing? Okay, what? Well, no? Yeah. And I just, like, I get defeated quick. It's like, yeah. oh, it's, a, it's, it's something to work on. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish I was a middle-aged woman from Scarsdale right now. Some people can just vocally turn it on. I've had friends who can just be like, who can just turn it? Can just it's do not, it. Whenever I've, whenever I've, like, done that even a little and I get what I want, it's not worth it. Like, mm-hmm. making the person feel awful, I always, I, I'm always like, eh. Could have, no, could have done some people this. can do it really smoothly, where yeah. they 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 can be very taken very seriously, mm-hmm. and not be a douche about it, and yet 
they get that kind of you know, and that's mm-hmm. all. That's a. That's always been a challenge. I've gotten better at it over time. But if I'm in like a situation where someone's just not budging, yeah, mm, I don't. I don't have a trouble finding my way out of yeah. that one. <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks. Yeah, I'm just I, like, I, you know what I did? No, or I'll go ridiculous. <laughs> what, what what I did? Like a cis bag. I didn't say thank you when I left. She went. She she went. She went we can't help you out. That you go get. to the box office. Maybe they can help you out. And I went okay, and I left. <gasps> You showed her just she okay. Home that night, I went. Ah, what's right there? There's this guy who didn't say thank you. Crushing. You delivered a crushing. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so we get to the box office, and also we're there for. This is the. This we're is, only there for a day, and we're already spending our morning just awful. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get to the box office, and there's already a line for an hour from the box office. And so we get to the back you're of the just line. Like- <laughs> exactly. And I'm and these ticket prices are going up and up and up. And and Sarah and I are it's like it's not She has a, no idea you have no tickets? No, 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 no. At this point oh, she knows. Yeah. No, she, she knew we didn't have tickets, but at this point she knows I was full of shit the whole time. I was assuring her we'd be fine. And 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 she's very Sarah's the best. She's very nice about it. <laughs> very sweet about it. But it's annoying. It's 9 a.m. and we're literally sitting on the floor of the casino on, on a line of, of... And the thing about fish heads, people think fish heads are like these like groovy tubey. Like they're like, they're like pretty cutthroat and like scheming mm-hmm. when it comes to things like this. So everyone, everyone online is assuring us. They're like, you're like, they're like, you're like, you're in the, you're in the, you're in the, within the first 40. They're, they re-released yesterday. They're going to re-release. You're in the right place. Gets. I've done this a thousand times. And then also you overhear them all, they all, they already all have tickets. They're all like getting a second pair so they can trade up and give mm-hmm. to their friend. Like everyone has a plan and we're just kind of sitting there and it's, it's like a nice 40 minutes sitting on the floor <laughs> waiting for them. And then the box office opens and this woman gets up and she's like, I don't know what to tell you guys. She's like, we are not giving out tickets, not in the next 20 minutes, not in the next 40 minutes. You can sit here if you want, but it ain't happening for you today. And then all of a sudden, all this like good natured, like fun, like the guy at the front of the line starts yelling. He starts making a list and getting everyone to put their name on it. So it's like first come, first serve. But at a certain point, it doesn't serve the people behind him. It goes him. total cut. It goes total. And then everyone's exchanging numbers and be like, yeah, I actually know a guy. I, I, I might got two for you. And like, like everyone's doing it. And like Sarah and I are just like sitting there like. It's just a crushing blow. Shit. And then, and then what I did that morning is Sarah. Um, I, I told Sarah, put on Instagram, hey, we're in Vegas. So maybe we have a friend here. Mm. Maybe they'll see it. Maybe they'll... So as that happens, she gets a call from her friend, and she goes, oh, my God, she has two tickets for us. Mm-hmm. And that was literally like a moment after I went out to StubHub and bought, just oh. bought. <laughs> Kyle was like, this is existential. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know if we could survive a night just watching TV. But I was like, I just have to do it. And you splurged. You paid a thousand bucks a ticket. It wasn't that much, but I splurged. Something painful. It was the most uh, financially irresponsible thing I think I've ever done. I just did it. I know what you did, (laughs) and I get why you did it. But you even had those two tickets, which which didn't need to be said to you. That was just terrible. Somebody got it. Wait a minute. The tickets... Wait a minute. Just so I'm clear. The tickets that were available to you were the ones you bought... Or you already already bought, and then someone said, "I had already bought it." And then she said, "I have tickets tickets. for you for for a certain amount. You would have bought those too, right?" For like, yeah, for like face value. Oh, and and you couldn't you couldn't flip the other ones and sell them to someone else. Couldn't flip the other ones. Why? Oh, no one wanted them for the amount that I that I paid. And also at that point, it was also like you hail married right before the past was coming to you. Yeah. 
Well, that doesn't make sense. It's like it's, but in other words, you're the you're the football player. I, somebody yeah. was open, and you hail married. I, I hail married, and, and and I hail married, and then someone was like, you know, you still have like thirty seconds. <laughs> no, this guy, no, this guy's open right here next to you. You just didn't see him. Right. He was about to say, "I'm open." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so then it, it was just like we, uh, you know, were they better like, tickets. The ones you bought, please say they were. Yeah, better. they're much. No, they they happen to be amazing seats. Okay. So okay. just like so we're done. Yeah. It's over, but you were just getting. But it's not over because I think about it every day. <laughs> I, I'm still checking on that fa- on cash or trade. <laughs> I'm like looking at all the free tickets that people are giving out before the show. I think we've all been there where we just didn't do it right, but did it. Yeah, like everything you did, you did wrong. Yeah, you waited at the wrong time. Yeah. You did the wrong thing, but also the. What you were doing was just alleviating the stress. Well, at that point, it, it wasn't. It wasn't how much would you pay for a concert ticket. It was how much will you pay to, make to this salvage trip. this trip. Yeah. Like, l- let's say we missed our flight, and and then and the next flight was a thousand a ticket to, just to get to Vegas. I would have paid a thousand a ticket just to get to Vegas. Like, it's not about. No, what you were doing ride. was ending the turmoil. I was ending the turmoil. You were and ending this battle. You're like, I am going to end this. We are yeah. going to have tickets. And once I click, click this number yeah. for an obscene amount, yeah. it will be over. How yeah. was the rest of it after that? Amazing. Except that you couldn't stop trip. thinking about how Couldn't stop fun. thinking about it. The show was incredible. Was so much fun. Yeah. And I still think about it every day. And uh, <laughs> my daughter won't get Hanukkah gifts this year. But <laughs> no, that's epic. Understand. Especially the end. I have tickets for you, which would have felt so clutch. I know. You also lost that feeling of the win. Yeah. Like the victory, yeah. it wasn't quite victorious in that it cost what for yeah, what? I'm, I'm ashamed. Really, I just, I'm just, I was just, I was, even at the show, I was ashamed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Other, other than accepting your choice. Yeah. How did Sarah say? She was it. like, oh. Well, she, she got an email immediately after from the credit card company going like, this looks fraudulent. Are you sure you meant to? You could have disputed it and said, don't do it. Oh, oh shit! It is. That would have been the move. After now, picked, you're going to be even more pissed up. off. After I picked this because what up, you should have said was, "Oh no, no, I didn't do that. Someone must have done that." And yeah. then they just fight the charge, and it's over. Then you get the tickets That's from your move. friend, and then it's a win. That's the move. I had just bought these expensive tickets, and I was able to. Yeah. Now ah. you sit with that for another year. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that is not something I would have thought of in the moment. Okay, that is a post-game solution. Yeah. What That's, I just thought of now, I'm calm and measured. Yeah. The same guy who can get what he wants from the concierge can do that. More in real time. Exactly. Yeah. They could just bring those tools available to them. I, I should have said this. You know those things you should have said to someone who said something yeah. shitty to you? You think of all the best things like an hour later. I felt bad when we were in the airport talking to United about how to get my bag back. The mm-hmm. guy was like, do you need toiletries for tonight? And I went, sure. No. Oh. And so he gave me a little bag of toiletries. And I felt bad because I didn't need toiletries. I had my, you felt bad. I had my toothbrush in my, See, in my have, backpack. I know, I know people who get entire wardrobes I also replenished, do that. replenished from a lost bag. People who wish their that. bag was lost. Yeah. And then they get a whole new line of... <laughs> I won't name his name, but it was so funny. I was on the road. I was doing a show like in Florida or something. And one of the other band guys' stuff got lost. And he went shopping that day for his whole family. <laughs> <laughs> He bought his kids new sneakers, yeah. and he had the airline. They don't know what's in his bag, but they lost his bag. Yeah. He's like, this is what I need. Right. And and uh, he just bought everything, a whole new line for his shoes. I bought $45 dollar underwear, and I was just like, I, I don't yeah, want Yeah, did you get your bag back? Yeah, I got it back the next afternoon. <coughs> I haven't lost a bag, but how does that even happen? It's because of your foldy. It's because you folded it checked it. Yeah, yeah, the foldy. I think the foldy screwed it up. How long, did, you, how long did your currency last? I mean... At the end, uh, we, uh, until the next morning, and I was like, 
those StubHub tickets aren't oh, okay. aren't gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wasn't mad. So, I mean, that's why Sarah's so awesome. She wasn't. Uh, yeah. She didn't give me her time. But she was like in it you with dropped me. Dropped a lot she of nice Sarah me. Sarah uh, ism niceties at the, on this pod. By the way, so it's true. It's yeah. good. So if they're having an issue with us doing this podcast, I stand by. If someone feels differently, leave a comment below, and we'll uh, address it on the next pod. <laughs> you want to argue with people about the merits of your own <laughs> wife? Oh no, very nice. I'm glad she's chill about it. And hey, it's, yeah. good, it's good for travel. You need that for travel. You need a zen. A zen? You need a certain zen in someone you're traveling with. That like, however yeah. it's working out. If especially if you're being spontaneous and yeah. figuring it out, you need a zen. Otherwise, it's absolute misery. Yeah. Well, when I realized Sarah was special, was we were traveling. We were in um, Italy. Yeah. For uh, we it was before we were married, and it was like ten minutes before Shabbos. It was like crazy. Where were we? We're, no, we were in Cannes. We were in France, uh. South France. Um, <laughs> and we and and it was my job to book the hotel. Like parked the car, it was crazy. Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna go check in, I'm gonna go park. I parked the car and I get and I run to the hotel and she's like, You never fucking booked it. Like Did you forget the book? I don't hotel? know what I did. Oh, okay. And I'm awful at this yeah. stuff. And she was like, um she was like, Don't worry though, I figured it out. I got us another hotel. Well, there you and go. I was like, oh, Score God. beans. You're great. No yeah. no collateral, no post lingering, nothing. No nothing, yeah. Oh, well that's Very special. Important. That's yeah. a keeper. Yeah. And it ha- I'd been traveling with a buddy another time. Same thing happened. He bugged out. Completely, like, gave me shit about I it. I am not a bug yeah. out. That's a good thing. Like, I'm, like, kind of the rush of it all. Maybe I've, mm-hmm. maybe I've become later as an adult mm-hmm. when the stakes are higher. But, ne- but there used to be a time when I was like, all right, we got a pickle. We got to figure this out. I always enjoyed a good pickle. <laughs> that's think, such an annoying attitude. <laughs> I, it, would drive, it would drive you crazy who is more, a little more of a bug out. <laughs> Right, when I would go around with friends, be like, try to figure it out. Like, wait, if I, if, I, if you were the one who didn't who didn't book it, and I said to you, Ami, you didn't book the hotel, and you went, ah, we got a good pickle. <laughs> well, if I screwed up, yeah, that's one thing. If the circumstances screwed up, it usually didn't get me to freak out. I usually was like, this is gonna be an adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or you're lost, you got to figure a way out. Sometimes it just makes things interesting. I'm, I'm, I don't go like, oh my right. god, oh my god. I yeah. go. Well, what happens now? Yeah. I, I thought it would be like this. I'm like, interesting. Or you get on the wrong train, and now you're in Queens. And you're like, I took the E. And sometimes that's really annoying. Right. But other times you're just like, <coughs> when I'm kind of alone, mm-hmm. it stinks. Mm-hmm. When I'm with a buddy or a friend or whatever, like, you know. I'm the opposite. I'd much rather be alone. Screwing up. <laughs> screwing up. For me, it's more like if it's my <laughs> screw up, then I can feel a little more. I'm more gutted when I'm just like, oh, where the hell? I'm like, oh, this isn't fun. But if I'm sharing the adventure, yeah, it's all good. Uh, my wife sometimes feels that way, but oftentimes, when you, I guess when you're trying to do it married, it's a little different. You want things to be smooth yeah. because you're trying to just get a break from stress. Right. Not, but when you're like living stress-free as some teenager, whatever, just yeah. like whatever, then things, anything is, or whatever it is, I don't remember exactly when I used to enjoy that stuff, but... You know, not knowing where how it's gonna go is it in was, like Israel, like yeah. when you'd end up like yeah. the buses stopped and you were in the middle of the desert. And you make those calls and yeah. the Shabbos <laughs> clock is ticking, yeah. and you make a few calls and all of a sudden you're with Dave Kaufman in a hotel in Tel Aviv, <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for letting me share your floor and bed. He's like, dude, I, I had so many of those weekends where I'd walk in on a Shabbos, everyone's like, hey. oh yeah, you did have a lot of. Those. I had a lot of those, yeah. and that's what exactly what Land I'm talking down about is uh, rejecting your calls. <laughs> I always got yeah yeah I have to you have to play that card occasionally yeah. um, but um, it's good man yeah um, <laughs> but yes you, showing up at a random hang I used to do that all the time and it was like Friday because also I was like home like school list my school was down there 
I didn't default to that. So I'd, wa- I'd wander yeah. out into the Jerusalem you abyss. A, you needed a lot of support that you didn't get. Where? Then? From the school. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, it wasn't meant for that. I would yeah. just venture. I remember I'd end up at your school. Yeah, you guys would just go and, and, Correct. Hope, That's what, and hope it worked out, which is pretty awesome to do when you're Yeah, 18. and it's good training to get resourceful. It didn't make, I mean, I relied on other people's resourcefulness often, <laughs> but that was the best <laughs> Your resources were other people's resources. No, I would often be like, all right, so what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> My youngest child. It's just what happens. You're just like, all right, hey, and I joined with some squad. That's exactly what I would do. Do you remember the? You remember Revolution? Who you? S- you yes, I, I was you just thinking there. about that. Were guy. you there? I was in a lot on the Revolution beach. was a girl. Revolution was a girl, and then there was the guy who sat on you were his there? feet and just spit all night. You were there. I was with. I, I didn't stay with lot. you on the beach. Oh. It was in a lot, and I heard you guys were there, so I walked down to the beach to find you at night, and you were camping. With a woman named Revolution and a guy who just spit as far as he could for hours on end. He filled up my whole glass. Let me tell <laughs> you, that of all the fond memories I have of the adventures, that was like one of the darkest nights of my life <laughs> because I was, it was so cold. No, like I was so depressed. Oh. I was not in a good space, yeah. and I was so beyond out of myself or in myself. Dark, horrible. I'm like, yeah, that was the we lowest of the low. We were good friends at that point. Yeah. I think we were, we were friends. We were friends. We were friends. We, we, were weren't, friends. we weren't like text each other to meet up just together friends. No, you're forgetting your timeline. We hung out some Torah the whole time. Yantif, uh, yeah. a bunch, a bunch in Israel. If you, okay. We were, but we were also just, just we were in different, we were right. rolling in different crews because yeah. of the circumstances. You had your people right. and I had mine and we'd meet up. But a lot was the worst, one of the worst slivers of my, like, chunk of my life. Huh. By far, I was a mess. So thanks. How did thanks that, for did that, that night? Up. Like, uh, <laughs> was that your rock? Was that the worst? That, that got? was a rock bottom night for me. I'm sitting there shivering on the ground. I don't remember you being so. No, uh, no because you weren't. You weren't uh, paying was, attention. Yeah, yeah, I guess not. I, was I remember. F- yeah, I remember. I you, didn't you guys like uh, sleep holding each other because it was yeah. so cold? Yeah, but that wasn't the fun kind of thing that I was talking about before. Where you're like on this adventure, mainly because when yeah, your that mental was health like is not that was homeless. But when your mental health is bad, everything is bad. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you. I could have been in the fanciest hotel ever. Yeah. I would have been miserable. You were like mentally ill. Yeah, hanging out with other mentally ill homeless people. Correct. Except really? they were a different kind of mentally ill. But yeah, I was like, what you like revolution. <laughs> What's your name? And, and you and like the people we were with uh, Yoni Yona. We were all in this thing and the campfire, and it was yeah. like an adventure. But for yeah. me, I was like, I was just like this. Like, I was a wreck. Total wreck. The whole A lot trip. I think, like, other people who I was talking to knew about it. Did you get help soon after that? Maybe. You got help at some point. At some point. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know I needed help until I was, this was the first time. You didn't know you were depressed. You just thought. I mean, I was yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah, I was like, something's yeah. very. I remember I, that, I was that like, thing. That happens to me in 10th grade. I was like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, why am I not and, and, having and, fun? And that what's happening had happened a few weeks before that. In other words, the descent yeah. into... And you can't tell anyone because you're like... Yeah, because it doesn't make any this sense. This is like embarrassing and doesn't. I don't know how to explain it. Because it doesn't make yeah. any sense. You're like, nothing happened, but something's wrong. And right. I kind of knew that. Um, but especially in those days, everything was very much ill-defined. Mm-hmm. And it was this amorphous space. Mental health was an amorphous space. Oh my space. God, it's like cool to be depressed There was no now. vocabulary oh for God, it. No. And you could only talk... The only people I could really talk to were people who were... Depressed or formerly depressed, which is uh-huh. weird. It's like you have to talk to alcoholics. Did you know someone like that at that point? Because I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh. One person that we both know. I don't think we should name uh, him. Yeah, right no, now. no, don't name him. Don't name um, him. Or her. Yeah. Um, but there was one person yeah, yeah. probably saved my life about it because uh-huh. I was like, okay, so I'm not fully alone here. But I couldn't, 
Couldn't articulate That's what was going really on. Huge. In retrospect, I know exactly what's going on. Apparently, it's the most one. It's such a such a universal experience, but it was not even. I wouldn't say universal because I do. There's different degradation, you know, mm-hmm. gradations of it for people. But in any event, for me, <coughs> it was like a novelty. Yeah. And uh, I was in a sunken, sunken place and didn't know and was confused, like as to what this was. I couldn't identify it. Um, and it was, and I'm sitting there, and there's a campfire going on, there's a homeless person there spitting, and there's this woman, revolution, it was a nightmare, and I'm shivering on the ground, <laughs> not knowing if I'll ever be myself again. Yeah. I remember <laughs> walking, I remember walking. <laughs> Good times, Michael. <laughs> I remember walking Makes you stronger. away from that, and we all, we all looked at each other, we're like, wow, we are glad we're not sleeping with them tonight. Oh. It, it, it wasn't like a cool adventure, it, it, was, it was pretty it dark, good. yeah. Um, the funny thing is, I think I had done it weeks or weeks earlier. We had done that. Maybe it wasn't a lot. Maybe it was Tel Aviv. Was this Tel? This was a lot. This was a lot. It was like uh, like Hanukkah sure? break. It was. I know. Uh, I know. It was the worst. Remember, yeah. The worst sliver of my life up until that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Wow. I even called. I think I called my parents in the middle of the night, but it wasn't the middle of the night for them. Or maybe it was. I didn't even care. I think they were like just check in somewhere, get off the whatever. They didn't know what to do. Um, they didn't know what to do walk it off no like check into a hotel and like go to sleep somewhere or whatever where are you like what's going on you know I'm like yeah, yeah. I don't know how to I, I don't know what, what I was saying but I think at that point like my dad like booked a flight that's nice yeah that's yeah. you know you know I had good well parents. that's the difference between I think people that go down the rabbit hole and people that don't maybe have good, having uh, people who can strong answer families, the call strong families I think at that yeah. point that night could have been I think my mom was like do you need do you need your dad to come you know, like, do you, do you need someone to come? Something like that. Wow. And you said yes? Yeah. Wow. I think it was like an intervention or yeah. a self-intervention. I said, yes, I do. Wow. Takes that. That's not easy. We'll pause that for a minute. <laughs> um, that, I, I think it was at sunrise of that night. I came out of the tent. The fire was out. <laughs> revolution was passed out. Uh, the barefoot man was on top of her with his face in his crin her crotch. Just, you know, they were just like, like that party, the crazy little was over. Yeah. This was, it's very cinematic if you think about it. It was like, after all the hullabaloo, think about it like a nightmare. Revolution, revolution. And you're like, all right, guys, I'll see you later. You abandon us. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And like, and we're just shivering. It's freezing. It's freezing yeah, yeah, on yeah. the beach, freezing. Um, and I walk out the next morning, and it's just like glowing red sunrise, dawn, right? And then that's when I made a call. Like I was like, you know, and it was just like, Oh. The party's done. Little smoke ashes, and I took out my took out my Nokia, yeah. <laughs> and I went. Doo, 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 doo. Do you need Do you need someone to come? I need someone to what come. What was it about? <laughs> was it just your? What was it? Because Yona, I mean, did the, we the expect other, the pot to take this turn? I guess not. But no. yeah, what was what? What was it? What do you think it was about that circumstance that allowed you to get there? Because. I don't think it wasn't like the colds that you were like, I need help. What was it just the way you felt? You never felt that shitty. Or yeah. And no, I don't think it was. Cir- I think the circumstances didn't make it easier. Right. But it might've been just how long I'd been in it. Uh-huh. Maximum threshold capacity right. kind of thing. Or like, you know, just like, Ooh, and it could have been just that rock bottom coincided with a shitty, you know, yeah. time. I'm not sure. But that could be it. I mean, everything's environmental in some way. But I think that might have happened if I was comfortably in a bed somewhere warm and I still might have made the call. But maybe it was just like, 
And I walked out, and hair's like down to my eyes. Yeah. You know, I'm in like a pajama shirt. <laughs> my face is like sunken. You know, eyes glossed over and dead. Oh <laughs> nine, whatever you call to call America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is that a place to end it, or should we I go think a little? So. Hey, you know, we could talk about that sh- yeah. stuff all the. You know, it, it's a good opportunity. This was to. a very special episode. A very special I'm episode. It started with a bunch of nonsense and Michael's Vegas shenanigans. And wrapped up with some serious uh, reflection. Yeah. Um, you're going next, Michael. Next episode, you go into I'll your go shit. Next. Jeez, I, I have many <laughs> you, more. You brought it up. Did I? Oh, you said. I, oh, I a lot. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> Wasn't it like one of your adventures? And then you triggered me. We could talk about. I mean, there's more, many more things to talk. about. I mean, I find like the mental health topic is a good one mm-hmm. we could cover in a in a way that's like we could articulate things that might be helpful for people because one of the hardest things about it is the lack of. The, the that, limiting yeah. vocabulary, especially between like boomers and us and our parents and us and how it's gotten so much better. Yeah. But um, there's not a lot of people, there's still not, it's not, not a lot of open discussion about it in a way that I think is actually like constructive. It's, it's, there's open discussion about mental health in that it's out there and it's real, but I yeah. still think for a lot of people, it's very ill-defined what it means to be depressed, what it mm-hmm. means to be, you know, whatever it is you might have going on. Yeah. Like, what do these things mean? I think a lot of people think because the conversation is more open now that they know what depression is or mm-hmm. uh, other mental health conditions, but they kind of don't. They're just aware that they exist. Right. Um, so next week we'll be hacking, having Dr. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, any other final thoughts? Because um, that's heavy as shit to end on. Um, I, had, I had a list of things to talk about, but um, I think we're, we're probably like over. I, I always, probably, we, always, yeah. we always can feel it. Yeah. Um, So for next week, we'll go into Michael's deepest, darkest horror stories of where he felt the worst about himself. (laughs) And on episodes... Or I can tell people when I called your parents and said, I'm going to need your help. Oh. (laughs) um, You never did that for me. I never did that Um, for you. I don't know your home number. I wouldn't have been able to do that for you either. Um, But having said that, it was nice talking to you, Michael. You too. Buckle up. Buckle up, baby. You owe me this as awkward as it can be after I shared such a deep story. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See you um, next week. Next week, and maybe we'll have some guests. We'll yeah. see. Uh, that's it for this week's episode of Buckle Up, Baby.